0: Disclaimer, this podcast will contain mature and sensitive topics such as sexual and physical harassment and bullying. This podcast will not be mentioning any names of the people and groups involved. Listener discretion is advised. Because the start of the solution is also quite simple. Making noise! That was the sounds of the March for Women protests in Australia. Women children, grannies, and many others marched around the country to send a message, enough is enough. I bring this event up as I too was a victim of sexual and physical harassment. And after years of bottling up suppressed trauma and anger, the fear and tears that I had to hold in, I can finally say, hi, my name is Ariel and never have I ever felt safe in my own school. My name is Ariel, and you're listening to Never Have I Ever, a podcast about experiences I never had. And this episode will be a bit serious, as we will be discussing some serious topics, so listener discretion is advised. I remember what it was like to be in high school, and a majority of them were not really good memories. Just the sight of it just give me war flashbacks of the trauma I had to face when I was still a teenager. I don't like this feeling and yet it's something that i've been dealing with for a very long time i was a survivor of physical and sexual harassment caused by my peers from years 7 to 12 and for a long time i've kept how i felt silent due to retribution and my parents expectation to let it go it wasn't until 2020 when i've decided to open up and turned those feelings into a song the guys people in my grade saw me as pray, and i couldn't run away they attempted to touch me during the end of class said no but sadly it wasn't enough and so much more has happened as time went on like bottles thrown on my head and a bounty for my death i thought releasing that song i could finally let those feelings of anger sadness and hate But then the protest occurred and it brought up more pent-up frustrations especially in regards to how schools teach consent and respect for women. And I sometimes wonder, did my school put any effort to keep me safe? Or was my situation just shoved underneath a rug? Joining me is my friend and old high school classmate Jay. Occupation-wise, he's also a high school teacher and has taught in the same institution where we were both educated. I decided to talk to him as I feel like he can keep me grounded, but also give me a new perspective on the events that have unfolded, and hopefully, I can finally put some closure towards my past. So I just want to ask, before we start talking about this serious topic, I just want to know what your experience in high school was like because I know we were friends and I know we tend to hang out from during our breaks but outside of that how was your experience like throughout school
1: well a lot of high school is a blur sometimes it's been how many years but overall my experience of high school was pretty positive I mean year seven and eight A bit rocky, uh, just, you know, because coming out at an all boys school would be a bit, uh, had a lot more consequences that I didn't think of at the time because I was so young. In high school, though, it was positive. I made good friends. I worked hard. I worked well with my teachers. There wasn't really any big drama I was involved in. And overall, while it was a lot to handle, especially with work, uh, schoolwork and homework it was enjoyable to me
0: can you remember like a specific memory that might be one of your best memories during your teenage years in high school
1: oh yeah best memories probably probably was our year 12 uh, formal party it was it was great. Everyone came together for this school song. I found it really uniting and empowering. And yeah, great food, great sights, great fun. I think that's probably one of the most vivid memories I have of high school.
0: Yeah, I think the formal was great. Oh my god, why did I forget about the formal? <laughs> because I remember, like, I I wore this dress, and it was my mom's dress, and she let me wear it. It's a Really long pink dress, and I remember my mom taking me to the hair salon to have me to have me to let me have like a giant makeover. So it was the first time I had my hairstyle. It was the first time I wore makeup in public, and I remember going to the location when my brother opened the door and I was walking out. I remember like a group of our peers on the balcony just cheering and just in shock and awe and. When we were inside, I remember some of our friends on our table just complimenting and saying that I looked different, I was unrecognizable, and then I remember certain people who tried to flirt with me, and I didn't want that, and it was just, okay, this is happening, I was not hoping to expect this, but at the same time, we're in high school,
1: it was basically our last night of year twelve. Everyone was having fun. Yeah. Um. People people brought their girlfriends. Uh, the boys brought their girlfriends. Girls brought their uh got their boyfriends. I, some how somewhat went on a date with a classmate as as my formal partner it didn't really work out. But I mean we were friends anyway, so it was fine. But um, yeah.
0: Meanwhile, our the girls were like, let's just go solo because well you know in strict Asian parents not allowed to date. <laughs> issues when it comes to me in high school is that despite there are some good things that happen and I could name a few it's just that the the negatives overpowered the positives to the point where it's kind of hard for me to think about a good thing that happened because it just gets overshadowed with so many of the other bad things and I just want to ask was I the hmm. only one who had a bad experience in that school were like or was it were there other people I'm unaware of I don't know.
1: Well, I'm probably not the best example. I was, you know, pretty solitary as well. I just kept my head down, did the work, didn't really get involved with drama, especially from other friend groups. But, um, I don't mean to be objective or, um, or to single you out, but, at least in my personal opinion, I think maybe you were maybe one of the few recognizable ones that said they had a negative experience or such a negative experience in high school. But then again, I'm talking from an incomplete picture. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, because one of the things when came to high school is that after we graduate and after we start going our separate ways, it's kind of hard to get in touch with like all our other classmates. Luckily, we have a group chat where we, we managed to keep in touch, but mm. I don't think anyone has came out and said, yeah, our experience in high school was bad. And that's what I was worried about. It's like I was the only one who probably did or is willing to talk about it. But at the same time, I have a weird feeling that a lot of our peers just want to disregard high school and just call it like, oh, Kids will be kids or boys will be boys. Oh, we were young that time. And I don't mind that statement. The problem is, is when they start using it as an excuse when it came to bullying and sexual harassment and sexual assault. An example was in year eight when I remember it was like recess and lunchtime. Some of the boys in a, in a friendship group near where I was sitting, where some of our friends are, they tried to lick their... Well, not try to, they pretend to lick their hand And chase me with it. And I know that my brother does that to me when I was young. But then came when they actually licked their hand. And I started running away. And I ran towards the office. But the moment when I stepped like five meters away. Or like a meter or two away. They start chasing me back again. And I remember them saying. You can't run to the office forever. And then when I tried to tell the staff about it. The entire group got in trouble. To the point where everyone got mad at me. For snitching. Which is like why are you mad you caused this to you caused this to happen you didn't stop you know how uncomfortable i was but then again they were in year eight we were all in year eight but at the same time it's like shouldn't something happen like shouldn't like the problem be resolved part of me felt like the issue just got worse and it just kept getting worse from there and i think the year eight incident was one of one When things got really worse, like things started to go downhill, in my opinion, at least.
1: If I can speak more from a teacher's perspective, maybe it's, and this is just my opinion, take it with a grain of salt, okay? A lot of kids, especially in the younger years in which I've taught, have a lot of overreactions to very small things. I'm not saying that yours was an overreaction, I've just seen it from my experience with some of the more introverted uh, Year 7s and Year 8s who aren't as well-adjusted to socializing as their peers. And so you taking it to that level of informing the staff might have been seen as a sort of, I guess, triggering button uh, that they know you won't brush off some antics and immediately tell a teacher so that might have started to cause a divide i mean if i can speak from my own experience in year seven and eight and this was at the old boys school i attended there were a group of guys in year seven eight they were jerks and they you know they flirted back to me and pretended to like me and made me think I could have a relationship with them which was seriously messed up but I talked to a counselor to the school counselor about this not a teacher well yes a teacher and they led me to the counselor and that was partially my inexperience of dealing with such a situation before and I didn't know how to handle it and even then as the years went on, I actually began to recognize, oh, they're doing this for fun. I'll just do this for fun back to them. And it became a sort of like great in-joke for, for the guys. And I'm actually like friends with them. Yes, that incident was brushed under the rug, but I personally left it at that as just being brushed under the rug. I don't have to do anything else. They know what they did. I know what I did. No one's truly to blame except that, you know, we they were in year 7 and 8. They are, what, 12, 13, 14, and they have literally never experienced a guy liking them. So, how, of course, how are they supposed to react? But that's just my sort of take on this.
0: I understand. It could be an inside joke. We're all young. We do stupid things. Sometimes we have an inside joke which might not look good in the surface, but... It's just a joke between friends. Like I remember when I was in year 11 and year 12, I was in that you're dead to me phase where I tell people you're dead to me where it's not meant to be literal. It's supposed to be like a figure of speech. And I remember the context behind that is when I say you're dead to me, it usually means I'm going to make a video about this. But I remember there was someone in our year group who didn't get the joke. And I could see why... Like take looking back, I can understand why I might have been the problem when it came to some of the drama that happened within senior year when someone didn't get the you're dead to me, and I understand why it led to me being separated with some of my friends in order to keep the other person safe. And despite me trying to explain it's not really me wanting to, you know, hurt someone, I can also see where some of my actions might have interpreted that as well, despite some of my friends knowing it's you know, it's just a joke. I'm I'm there's no way I will actually harm someone. But at the same time, I understand the point of interpretation. But I wonder where the line draws from that, you know, because there are stuff like that, like, oh, people are joking about flirting, and there are people joking about wanting to hurt someone when in reality no, that's that's not what they meant. It's just a figure of speech. But I wonder where it goes too far, because I also remember in senior year. This mostly happened in senior year where I was in one of the classes and there were not a lot of girls. In fact, there were like two in total, three, if we include the teacher. And I remember when there was a time for like a month or so within like halfway through the year where some of the guys started saying, oh, I have a crush on them and giving me unwanted attention. And it was just so embarrassing. It's so uncomfortable. And I keep asking them to just stop because I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't interested and it just kept on escalating, you know, in my head, it's like, is this like, is, is this meant to be a joke? Are they going to stop? What is their end goal here? But at the same time, it also felt like, is this sexual harassment? You start to question it because when you read it up, it's like unwanted attention, unwanted, you know, you know, unwanted stuff. And it just kept on going and going. And you question where the joke is, but I don't know. So I just wonder where the line is drawn. What, what could be the line between a joke and something serious?
1: That is what teachers have to figure out every time things like this come up. Because we're dealing with kids, literally. Their brains have not fully formed yet to grasp the consequences of their actions. Me in particular, I know very well. I did a lot of immature things that I thought were realistic and sensible when I I really, literally, was not... I did not have the brain to understand my actions, and it's only now that I've grown out of that that I'm like, oh wow, those were some serious actions that I did that would have been very, very bad and detrimental. And I only now grasp the consequences. Oh my gosh, what what did I do? And it is extremely subjective. One person's boundaries might be higher or lower than someone else's. And for a person with a high sense of boundaries, like they'll be, they could be able to tolerate a lot more until it crosses that line. Whereas someone who is very narrow or low boundaries, could instantly see a harmless joke as harassment or a threat. That's what teachers have to deal with. There's a lot of systems and procedures in place that help teachers determine what is acceptable and what is not. And so for you, it could be that their boundaries were much higher than yours, so they thought of it as a joke versus your sense of boundaries.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could sort of understand that at least. Like, they're dealing with so many students, plus they have to make study plans, plus there's so much going on that they're trying their best to keep the students safe. But as someone who has to deal with literal death threats, harassment, death threats and harassment, it's kind of, you sometimes wonder, are they doing enough to help you? Because I remember this, like the amount of times we went to the principal, we talked to them saying, we have a complaint. These are the issues. Why hasn't anything changed, you know? And they are keep saying, oh, we're doing our best. We're doing our really best and all that. But in my honest opinion, not really because this actually led to an incident where I had to go to the hospital. And when we tried to report it to the school, they said that they can't do anything about it because the incident happened out of school. But when we tried to report it to two police departments, one near the local shopping center and one near a train station both said they can't do anything about it because it's a school bus so it's the school's problem so i understand that teachers have a huge duty and they're trying their really best but i also wonder and maybe you as well or maybe other other people out there are they doing enough to protect these kids because like i said they said they said to me that they're doing something they're trying they're doing everything they can but I ended up having to go to the hospital, and this was like year 9, year 10.
1: Well, I do want to make it clear. Teachers are as much under a system as, as the school is. Actual systemic change to happen, it's going to take a while. And these students grow up, change teachers, sometimes move away. What you're asking is, I mean, is close to just... Altering fundamental human nature, and in case you haven't noticed, that change, such a change, takes years to happen. Even on a school level, if you watch the news, I think it uh, it came out yesterday that the school captain of of a of an old boys' school delivered a very inspiring speech on the way that the boys should uh, on the way boys should behave and act more like men, rather than immature boys.
0: What you really need is a basic acceptance and respect, and that, boys, is on all of us. Boys, if a woman wants to say no, and she says no, we have to listen, understand, and accept this. This rape culture is so deeply ingrained into today's world, and it needs to be addressed. As good as this message is coming from public speakers or staff,
1: it's up to us, the boys. They need to accept this injustice against women and stand up for what is right. As inspiring as that speech will be, change will take effort. And sometimes, whether it's on the students' behalf or because the teachers are unable to, that change takes a while. I get how impactful these scenarios are, but... Remember that people are people and people can change and as people change so can the systems they work under it's just going to take a while
0: yeah i understand that change will take it's sweet time a really long time and you also wonder when it will happen i ju- because i don't want my future kids to live through that i don't want anyone else to live through that i think a lot of women or victims or anyone, like in their head, they're fighting for change because in their minds, at least the way I see it, they want to be the last ones to have to deal with that and they want the next generation to not deal with that. like to live in a peaceful environment. and I see why that fighting and getting change will take time. It will take some effort and lots of decision making and everything. But I, let's talk about the now first. Do you think that the school has a good anti-bullying policy based on your experience as a teacher and your experience as a student?
1: Hmm. I think that the school does have a better anti-bullying system than when I was in high school. I have seen some changes and some behavior models that have been implemented and they seem to be working at least with the students i've seen and the classes i've taken bullying seems i wouldn't say non-existent but managed to the point where it is not a major issue anymore
0: can you like describe more on some of these changes because I am curious as well but I just want to know what were some of these changes in comparison to when we were still studying
1: well it's been a while since I've really had a look at it but it comes down to a lot of teacher um, philosophies and theory practices in which by rewarding and reinforcing positive behavior gives the student's less motivation to engage in negative behavior because they know they won't get an appreciable reward from that. And appropriately dealing with negative behavior so that there's less incentive for people to do the negative behavior because it doesn't get as much rewards as the good behavior. And there's detentions and even suspensions as well that um, help deal and isolate with the issue.
0: Not gonna lie though, like honestly, just hearing that, it feels like it's like the same policy they had uh, last time when we were studying, but also in my head, I feel like they somewhat tried to improve on it to make sure that no one gets hurt, no one does anything bad or stupid. But in my head, it just feels like, ooh, that's just the same thing that they did when we were studying.
1: To be fair, Ariel, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes in a school, especially on the teacher's side since it is literally in their legal right to take care and protect the students in their care at the school without obviously risking serious harm to themselves how long how how recently has it been since you've actually stepped in a school
0: in a school was last year last year yeah i was working in a in a school within the same diocese as uh-huh. the one we studied. And I remember behind-the-scenes stuff as well. They do try to make things better for the students. They email the staff saying, okay, so with the, with the permission of the parents and everything, this student ha- is going on through this, and then there's stuff going on here. Maybe keep an eye on them. They're, they're communicating with staff with when it comes to trying to make things better. And... In my head, when I, during my experience working with them before the pandemic, in my head it was like, these guys are like working within the same diocese when I was studying. Maybe things are getting better. Maybe it is getting better. Things are improving. They're now communicating to the staff saying, please be aware of the situation. Please be aware of this update. We got, there's this medical condition or whatever, mental health stuff. And yeah, I could see how they are improving and how much has changed based on the few months of study not studying, working with them, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder, is that the same thing that happens with you or, it's, or I don't think you get communications within the school when it comes to that type of information where they talk about, okay, so update, this kid is dealing with problems with this kid. Maybe keep an eye on those two for a while and see what happens and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen that practice both in my prac as a uni student and now as i work as a casual teacher teachers actually do have a lot of power in the classroom to rearrange the situation so that it's more beneficial for everyone involved
0: one thing i realized after like talking with you and discussing all this is that when you're a student you don't know what's going on and you just feel like they're not helping you it's hopeless and and in some cases the end of the world and it's like You just feel like alone despite trying to get so much help. But then when you asked me, have you been in a school? It made me remember that I did work in a school for a short time. And I got to witness the behind the scenes stuff. And you told me some of your experiences. And it made me realize that they are trying and they are doing so much to protect the kids. But there is like so much that they can do to do something to make it better. I've never seen a situation in where I used to work where the situation got worse and but there is effort I kind of do believe that things are changing and things are getting better things are improving at least within the diocese that that you're employed to or casually employed to and where we used to study so as a newly graduated teacher how can Can schools teach consent and safety to the next generation? Like, What can you do as a teacher and a former student to make things safer for students or to anyone, really?
1: Well, different schools have different names, but it's like well-being or peer support um, or pastoral care depending on which school you go to, in which it deals with the more personalized issues in students' lives, whether that be, you know, time management or consent or relationships. And overall, just being honest. Kids know when teachers are lying to them or 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 sugarcoating things, and they tend to dismiss that. What a lot of students really like is when teachers are real with them, and they explain that, yes, these actions suck and there's going to be consequences and you probably won't be able to handle those consequences if you do that. And if you do that, I, might not, I may not be able to help you. You have the power, you have the choice, you have the decision. A lot of kids are so used to having the responsibilities done for them that they've never had responsibility themselves. And so giving them that responsibility, that choice, is seriously empowering to a lot of students. And like, oh wait, my actions have consequences now. I need to be careful. Or at least it'll make them think twice about, maybe I shouldn't do this because then I'm responsible for it. So me as a teacher, I'd want to be real with them and honestly explain that yes there are consequences for your actions and these are the consequences do you want to go to jail do you want to pay money do you want your parents to pay for you for the actions you've done i don't think so do you and most students when asked very real questions will honestly reflect and think oh that's what i've been doing i've seen it happen at my practice school i've seen it happen occasionally at the school I'm working with with students I've interacted with and when they're given a real question like that they change.
0: And what do you think staff should do to guarantee safety?
1: What teachers do is what teachers do they try their best they look after the students they They talk with students, they talk with their families. Behavioral systems are put in place. They keep track, they keep record. Different schools use different systems like Central or Compass or things like that. And that allows all teachers to be aware of changes made. And it all becomes like a united sort of community to help deal with the issue.
0: Well, I do hope that the improvements that we both have seen and you're witnessing Ongoingly, as a teacher could still continue and hopefully it grows to the point where no one gets hurt. I just do hope that eventually things do improve and no one has to deal with the situations that I or maybe any other student that might have felt unsafe have to go through. Do you have any like final words you want to say?
1: Honestly, I do hope that the situation keeps improving and it's important not to not to lose hope in the fact that changes are being made. Changes are being made. It may take a while, but it's like plants, right? The seeds have been planted. It's going to take a lot of nurturing and a lot of care and a lot of time for it to actually, to fully take root and to grow into something visibly seen by everyone. So I'd tell you Ariel and to those that, I guess, listen, you've sowed the seeds of change. Now all you have to do is make sure that you give it enough care for it to fully take root and for it to grow into something that can be seen and can affect the real world.
0: After my chat with Jay, it made me start to believe that maybe something is happening, but in small doses. I, just like so many others, want change to happen in an instant. But maybe Jay has a point. These things will take time and teachers can only do so much. But another thing that we can learn from all of this is that we should address the issue. We shouldn't just shove it underneath a rug. Just like what Jay said, kids want honesty. And serious topics such as bullying, harassment, and consent shouldn't be sugarcoated. I believe that the change that I and many others are hoping for will come. But until then, in reference to what Australian of the Year Grace Ting said, we shouldn't be silent, but rather make some noise. I'd like to thank Jay for joining in this episode. My name is Ariel, and this has been the very first episode of Never Have I Ever. There are more topics and other missed out experiences to cover, so until then, I hope you stick around for the next one. While waiting, feel free to listen to my other podcast, Casual Nerd with Matt, over on YouTube, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.